0: hi my name is jeff butterworth and i'm a naturopath and i've spent the last 25 years helping women with hormonal imbalances now i've heard some incredible stories both ways of how hormones have impacted women's lives and i wanted to do a series where women could tell their story so that other women can take power from that and understand that they're not alone and understand that there are real solutions that they can do themselves to take back control of their hormones. So join me and a whole range of wonderful women telling their story on hormonal imbalances. Hi, Brittany, and welcome to our new podcast called My Story.
1: Hi, Jeff, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for taking the time to chat to me. I'm excited to share my story with you and other women.
0: Uh, it's honestly, it's so important. and. We actually manage a really large group a community of women with pcos and endometriosis and you know the overwhelming feeling in that group is often of despair misunderstanding about what's happening in their bodies and they're just looking for solutions of what they can do either naturally or medically but you know i've been privileged enough to see these stories of redemption and how women have managed to heal themselves but to see a real-life person like you that has been through that journey is just so empowering for these women.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a crazy journey and like you say, it's actually becoming such a, a common issue and, and woman, young women, it's affecting fertility, it's affecting lives and I feel like there is so little um, knowledge on it and guidance. So it's just really great to be able to share the journey that I went on and just hope that it inspires um, some other people to kind of take it into their own hands and get their lives back on track
0: yeah okay great so actually the first question we get asked in this community is how did you get diagnosed so i just wanted to explore for you you know how was that diagnosis process and what was how long did it actually take you to get a diagnosis
1: so i went off the pool when i was um 27 and i just had severe severe hot flashes and um really bad mood swings and um, breathlessness anxiety and um, just like i'd really lost my mind and um decided to go to a fertility doctor because we were kind of in the steps to looking at conceiving we weren't ready just yet and um he did um, a scan and picked up on my ovaries that there were—he actually just stopped counting. There were like 40 cysts on each ovary. The ovaries were inflamed; they were swollen. And um, he did a bit of a check of um, my hair growth on my on my lip, chin, chest, um, even on the legs. It was really dark hair growth. And um, those were obviously two. I think they take three pointers to to properly diagnose you. Those were two that he had marked off. Um, uterine lining was super thin and then sent me for some bloods and my androgens were just through the roof um, so that confirmed my diagnosis
0: okay and what's really interesting you mentioned you were 27 28 when you came off the pill so obviously this syndrome with polycystic ovarian it's it's it's, it's still working in your system but the pill was masking those symptoms when did you first go onto the pill
1: so when I was, I think, 13 or 14, I started my periods and um, I had really, really awful, awful periods, um, super clotted, dark, and the blood was sometimes um, super irregular. I think I only had two or three a year and no one really looked into it. I mean, I'd have to leave school. So that's when my mum picked me up from school, actually my dad, and um, chatted to my mum about it. and she. She said, well, let's take you to the GP, not specialized. And, um, I was also suffering with my skin. So he was like, oh, we'll just put you on the pole. And that'll, that'll just sort all of that out. And obviously from there, 14 to 27, um, I just had thought I was, everything was regular, regulated, had my regular bleeds. The quality seemed a lot better of the bleeds and, um, kind of got on with it was sort of functioning until i got to the point where i did decide to go off to try and conceive
0: yeah and that that is a really common story and it's the pill for some women like you can be a really good management of those symptoms but eventually and this is often happens when you start to look at conceiving then this whole underlying pathology of what's been happening is just been slowly bubbling away and when it comes to conceiving, then all this comes to the surface, which happened in your situation.
1: Yeah, and it's it's so much to deal with when you're in that sort of fragile space of of opening yourself up where you and your partner like we ready to try for a baby. It's a lot to process and to kind of step into. And then to have to deal with this and all the symptoms that it brings with is is quite a whack to mm. to try and face.
0: Yeah. And and that stage of life when you're considering starting a family is just so emotionally fueled at the best of times even for people that are not suffering from any condition at all so just talk to me a little bit more about that how that impacted on your relationship your self-esteem and just your general mood and how you dealt with that
1: yeah so we we had just gotten married and i think we're married for about a year or two and then you know you're on the high of getting married you look all beautiful you get like into shape for the wedding day and um, kind of start letting your hubby wrap his head around um, the idea of, of starting a family. And um, I had chatted to a few other girls who were a bit older than me, who, when they were ready to start a family, had struggled quite a bit after being on the pull with, I think it's called post pill I mean, Maria, and um, where they kind of didn't get their period for a while, and their body took a while to tune in. So a few girls have kind of said to me, well, you know, when you're ready, to go off the pole and just do it in time. So you give yourself a year or so for your system to kind of clean out. And um, when I went off it, um, it, it was quite a scary time for us because, you know, you kind of opened yourself up to that that possibility. And then I just didn't have a period. And it was quite, that that wasn't such a concern for me because I had heard of the post-bore amenorrhea and I thought it was going to come back. What was concerning was, those crazy mood swings. I remember going into the office and I would just pump the aircon onto 18. And um, I remember my manager just saying to me, like you really, it's like something is not right with you. Like you, you've gone super irrational. You're not managing like small issues at work very well. And just, just, um, I just felt completely out of control. And with with my husband, um, obviously you're now speaking about um, starting a family and then your wife just goes, absolutely insane i mean i would just go off the handle at like the smallest things he would come home and every day honestly every day was like an emotional roller coaster when it kind of got to its peak um, and then after six months of not having a period and um, dealing with those hot flashes dealing with those moods um, and thinking something was just wrong with me not realizing it was a hormonal issue is when um, i decided to go and get it checked up and yeah that was a whole another experience
0: and see what a lot of people the community doesn't understand is how powerful hormones are on your your emotional well-being and when it comes to your husband your partner he doesn't know what's going on these very small tiny molecules in your body are just wreaking havoc on so many levels physically mentally and then that has a toll on you in terms of obviously your self-esteem and and this is again where we see ladies with pcos into our communities they're wondering what the hell is going on and it's a really really difficult thing and, and it often it affects relationships in a significant way and can relationships can break down if there's not that understanding of what's happening you've then got some realization of what was happening but you said it took about six months for you to really see what was happening
1: yeah to really see what's happening and just going back to what you say about um I think i just felt so lost so alone like what is going on with me i was just questioning everything in my life i was questioning my work i just felt so angry with friends with family um and then when someone later said to me it was a homeopathic healer that your hormones are your control tower like you say i was like well i have literally lost control that is what has happened in my life but um yeah, just repeat the question for me, Jeff. Well, you've, you've answered
0: it in terms of just how, you know, compelling uh, hormonal imbalances can be and how they affect your life on so many different levels. So I, I wanted to actually go back, right back to the start and, and dig into this a little bit as well, because it's almost like you've had two experiences with this imbalance, this syndrome, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome and get you to explain a little bit when when this first started to happen and obviously you didn't know it was pcos back then but it was impacting on obviously your moods and you having physical symptoms and then you're only just a young woman can you explain a little bit about that process and how you felt and how it impacted on your development
1: well this actually looking back because funny when i think like you said is almost in two chapters when i think of my pcos story i think of a when I went off the pole and wanted to start trying for a baby but um when I was unpacking it all to chat to you today I, it, it actually took me back to that first step which I don't think I've really considered until now and it's just because the focus you know when you want to conceive is just baby 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 but um I started looking back and it, it brought up quite a lot because I realized that when I started my period at 13 14 years old it was really really bad now that i'm more educated on um, on cycles and bleeds and the importance of, of understanding your cycle and the quality of your bleed it was um i had super painful periods like excruciating to the point where i would have to leave school and i remember the teachers kind of looking at me like is it really that sore?" i remember sitting on the sidewalk waiting for my dad to come and fetch me which is embarrassing on its own as a young girl for your dad to have to come and fetch you um for period pains it was um like super clotted very clotted and the blood was black and i remember kind of speaking to friends about it they were young they didn't really know like is your period like this and they were like well that's not right but you know i think it just brings up such a big problem as well going a bit off track here that is not we so advanced now but there's just not enough education on on women's bodies and hormones and how things should be and if we could kind of look at it from the beginning that would be you know help women avoid such a long journey of having to go into it in 10 years time but yeah basically as a young girl and super bad quality bleeds um i had really bad hormonal hair growth and um, on my upper lip on my chin and um, even on my chest my legs and um swimming in school that the hair was really dark and you know you you don't kind of it's a thing to shave when you're too young so when I could eventually start shaving it was such a, a big thing for me. Um, but it was just so embarrassing like I got teased at school about my hair growth um, and then just not understanding and I got quite bad um, skin breakouts and that was actually it's quite sad that it was an aesthetic thing that pushed me or pushed someone to support me and going to get help. And it was at that point where my mum took me to a GP, which now annoys me because it's not really specialized, but do the best with what you have at the time. And um, he just popped me onto the pole and he he didn't really look much further into it. And um, he just said, you know, you've you've got um, he, he, you, the, the hair growth wasn't even brought up then. Um, but looking back now, going on the pole did kind of bring all of that down and i had the sort of regular bleeds and and i could kind of get on with my school life it was no more painful periods my skin cleared up a bit
0: you know my heart goes out to you and it goes out to these thousands and thousands of young women 20% of women now with pcos and this doesn't include then women with with endometriosis and pmdd and all these hormonal conditions that are just not talked about and if i try and imagine that situation you're a young 13 year old woman developing social pressures and this whole cloud is just come down over you wondering what is going on in my body it must be frightening emotional you know embarrassing as you mentioned and it's something that it just you know as you said it would be lovely if we could have a system that we can channel these young women through to even if it's just an education series even if it's something online this is one of the reasons we're doing this podcast now is to destigmatize this process and make young women that can be watching this and hopefully mum share this with younger women to see that hey there's nothing that not a lot of other women are going through and there are solutions that you can deal with rather than being put on the pill and the pill is an option for sure but having and it's a passion of ours is educating young women about what's happening in their body and that's the most valuable lesson out of this whole podcast if we can teach young women what's happening understand the mechanisms and then what they can do about it themselves so because this is something that you're never going to completely heal but it's something that you're going to manage right across your lifetime and if we can and we'll get into that later about what you did then hopefully that can be really empowering for these young women
1: 100 no it is it's a, a crazy journey and looking back i think Um, Some of my behaviours before I went on the pole as a teen, I remember my mum always says, your early teens, you were a nightmare. I think um, looking back now and the experience that I had when I went off it, it was probably super related and um, yeah, just quite an irrational young teen, like also super frustrated. And it was probably all those hormones just out of whack and like arguing with mum, arguing with friends, just being difficult. And it's just, I think also the whole thing of being alone and in that process and just no understanding
0: and and there's that lack of understanding from a gp perspective as well because you know it's if you think about the processes you try and figure out what's happening your parents are none the wiser as well unless your mother's already been through that which is a common situation it's quite familial you go to a gp it's a 10-minute consultation and then generally it's the it's either antidepressants or the contraceptive pill which are essentially band-aids in a way so now you were lucky that the pill had managed to manage those symptoms for you or delay what was ine- inevitable later on but a lot of women the pill makes them even worse because they have issues in metabolizing their hormones which is one of the underlying factors in many hormonal conditions so that then then starts to layer another situation is then they're having to go into heavy painkillers and it's a real sliding door situation in in how hormones and hormonal imbalances are managed and they can either go down that natural route and learn how to manage them or it just becomes a pharmaceutical prescription and it becomes deeper and then surgeries kick in and it can be a really really a situation where women's lives are literally uh, dictated by these hormonal conditions so but at a societal level no one talks about this and we're busy talking about all the popular conditions but. You know i see there's an epidemic happening in you know 20 percent of young women with pcos and it's really being talked about and it's, it's such a shame and and literally as we're talking right now there's thousands of young women going through what you went through and it's no better it's it's a real shame we need to talk about it
1: 100 and funny you actually mentioned the antidepressants because that slipped my mind and um, the, the gp actually did also Want to put me on antidepressants and i went on it for a while and i went off it and because i just didn't like how it made me feel and when i went for my checkup he actually just said to me you could be fine without them but you're just gonna have to work so hard and i just had like an aversion to it from that age um, and i just said no uh, i would rather do the work <laughs> yeah. all of 14 13 years old but um yeah there but, needs to be more awareness
0: but it, it it highlights this complete misunderstanding of what's happening in the body so it's not a hormonal condition it's just it's natural and normal that you start to go through these hormonal issues and we're going to manage it with more hormones and we're going to manage it with antidepressants when really there's a, a big issue there's a there's a genetic predisposition that's occurring here polycystic ovarian syndrome is called a syndrome for a reason because it's not just hormonal there's other factors going on in terms of blood sugar levels and in terms of how your body metabolizes hormones so and this is when we'll get to how you treated your condition it's you have to take this holistic approach because if you just look at just hormones for example then you're going to get limited success if you're just looking at it is a mental emotional situation that you're only going to get very limited success as well so okay so let's go forward again to you mentioned that the catalyst to to starting to get this diagnosis was looking to conceive um how was that at that time you mentioned a little bit about how you were feeling in that situation um can you talk a little bit more about that and what the emotions brought up around now finally coming to looking at conceiving?
1: Yeah, so we had always, um, my husband and I kind of agreed on a date or, or a timeline for after being married um, when we were ready to start trying. And then I decided, okay, a little bit earlier, I'm gonna just go off the pool just to kind of clean everything up, avoid disappointment. And um, yeah, like, like you say, there's that whole emotional journey of we've kind of opened ourselves up to a very vulnerable space of um, bringing life into the world. And then I just felt like uh, I went through all the symptoms I explained earlier, how it was affecting my whole life. Then instead of being in a a good space in your marriage where you're trying to um, connect, to create this child, there was just complete conflict and um, disconnection and I don't know a better word other than it was just insanity when I look back at it and um, just got these little slideshows in my mind of me like bursting into the office bursting into the house like feeling so hot feeling so overwhelmed and um yeah we kind of um i i just said i'm going to go to a fertility doctor because my whole goal was just to have a child you know spend so much money i spent so much time off work waiting to go and see the best um the fertility doctor in in the area where i was from in durban and um It it was just, as I walked in there, as I got the scan, um, the kind of response was just so, so, uh, it was probably one of the lowest points in my life. I felt so disempowered. Um, I felt so alone. I felt like there was no option. And the advice was then to just go back on the pull again. And when I'm ready to conceive, um, I'll need IVF. There was no two two ways about it. And I I, I said, it's not a natural way. I was super into my yoga. I was into healthy eating. That um, there was obviously this third sort of leg missing in my process and he was just kind of got laughed at and um you know i'm the expert let me just kind of um just listen to me and you'll get your baby and um i left there and obviously we were a bit younger um i, I was just in tears driving in the car back to my office and i just honestly thought like what is the point like i've always wanted to be a mom it's just something that's so important to me i've always just been so um, amazed by like creation of life and i just felt like this let down by my body like is, is my body going to not be able to give this to me am i going to be i never thought i would be the person who would not be able to have a baby and um, my husband i remember phoning him in the car and he just said to me well just listen to the doctor just go back on the bill and- we can do, we can save for IVF or, you know, maybe we're not meant to have children. And it was just so, um, it, it was actually a big questioning point in our marriage because I was like, well, I want a child at any cost, if it's adoption. And he was like, well, I think if we can't do it naturally, it's not meant to be for us. So, you know, looking at that, the condition actually could have changed that, that, that diagnosis and disagreement in a way forward could have actually changed my whole, it, it could have ended my marriage and because we were at that that sort of point and um, we were still young we had time so i had chatted to one of my yoga instructors who was a homeopath specializing in um, fertility but she just kind of started out and um mentioned to her she'd seen i was a bit low at some of the yoga classes and kind of mentioned to her what was happening and she just said to me are you in a rush i said no i'm not but I don't want to do the wrong thing. There was so much fear. I don't want to not listen to the doctor. All the friends, all my friends were telling me, you know, just go with the medical advice. It's not something you want to mess with. To do your IVF in a year's time. And um, I just felt so, not that it was the easy way out because that is such a hard and For some women, it's the only way and it, it's, it's, it can be more difficult actually, but it just intuitively wasn't sitting with me. Um, and against all the advice, and everything i just sat with it and i just she said to me give give yourself a year with me work with me for a year and if nothing happens you you carry on i can she promised me no damage could be done um my husband was not in agreement with me working with her and um, it's also not necessarily the more affordable way out and um, often the consults and that can seem a bit more expensive than that but i was like you know this is something i'm going to invest in i've gone pretty low in my life right now um. I was questioning my job, like, is this making me feel like, because I'd worked so hard to be where I was in my career. And um, obviously, like I've mentioned, questioning my marriage. Um, friends were even like, what is going on with this girl? It's a bit crazy. <laughs> and um, I just thought, I, I don't have anything to lose. So kind of um, going to the next step then, we, went and had a consultation with her, and she got a whole lot more bloods done check the cortisol levels which now I'm such a fan of bloods because I just you, you know you go into the GP they chat a bit about your symptoms chuck you on some meds and mask everything but bloods are a true reading and, and that I think seeing those bloods and um, results and her sitting with me and talking me through them not just diagnosing me and looking at them and not explaining she was explaining to me each step of what each kind of um, blood reading was and why it's like that and, and then kind of put me on to whole lot of meds um which which we can chat a bit more about um to to support and that's kind of where the redemption part of the story comes in
0: yeah it's it's just so incredible um the story is you know just me sitting here the emotion that comes out because i know you know when it comes to having children and it's just a it's a genetic thing as humans most of us just have this deep yearning for children and then to be in a situation where you were where You've got hormones laid on top of that, the uncertainty of what's happening, everything then affecting your relationship and work. It's just a situation you'd never, ever wish upon anyone. And you're having to go through this as a young woman and discover this. And again, it's this sliding door situation where do you go down the medical route or do you try more of a holistic perspective and will come to the successes from your choices? But the if you go down that medical route which with ivf which is perfectly fine for certain people but you're still left at the end of that with still having this situation of polycystic ovarian syndrome that is is with you and you haven't learned how to manage that whereas the path that you've taken has put you into a completely different zone now where you feel empowered and you know how to manage that because what you've done is the side effect of managing your PCOS has, is now a healthy, happy, beautiful young girl. Uh, but And you're in such a better place if you just went and did the IVF, which will just make you even more hormonal. And the stress that goes into that is just completely counterintuitive in what you're trying to do to have a baby. So um it, trying to go into, I suppose, now that what you did do, some of those, I suppose, all the women watching this, is, wow you know what did she do so uh, there are before you do that i'd just like to say there's there's many different paths here um and there's lots of different natural medicines that you can choose and that's where having the guidance of a good holistic practitioner is important in these situations um and but there are many many different paths to in that healing journey so uh, if you want to give us a bit of a rundown on the fundamentals of what you did would be fantastic
1: yeah 100 uh, and from what i understand looking back to kind of the research i did when i delved into to my diagnosis and kind of working with the homeopath to to um to to start managing my symptoms and getting my life back on track because that's really what it was um i understand that there are almost different factors that would affect different people's pcos some is more insulin driven some is more um stress driven some is more genetic i mean don't quote me i'm sure you know a lot more than me but um mine was a bit of insulin and um, because i suffered with the skin tags um and there was also you were speaking about the pull earlier a lot of backlog in my liver from being on the hormonal and um, birth control for so long so i had to do a bit of a detox and um, you'll probably know the better what exactly was used i can kind of look back and we can pop that in somewhere um so we did the liver detox and then she put me on uh, adaptogen herbs i think it was um valerian valerian root to start and that i honestly noticed the difference my husband noticed the difference within two days and you can imagine how bad things must have been at home if in two days time jp was like okay i'm getting my wife back so um, it was like an everyday um, war zone in the home um, and that just kind of brought me down a bit and I know after being on that for a while, I went on to Ithenia, and then um, coming closer to um, wanting to conceive, we started, a, we went on to Chase Tree, or chase yep. theory, which kind of pumped up the progesterone um, and, and, and I mean... I'm trying to think what else there were a few other just homeopathic sort of drops that i went on female hormone regulating and i'm not sure what exactly was in that and then there was just some good multivitamin um, support like a, a good vitamin b complex um, some omegas and then obviously which is what's so amazing about your program is it's never just um good stuff you can't out supplements a bad diet and your nutrition is a, a cornerstone to your health. So there was a lot of guidance on that. And what was great is it was manageable. I think a lot of people think ugh, when they look at it, I think it's just so overwhelming. And um, they're like, at first I said to her like, I, I, I'm not ready to just cut our pizza and wine. And like, that's also depressing. And I don't really want to live a life like that. It's so restrictive. And she just started really slow. And so we just said like, let's try and eliminate as much dairy as possible. Um, and super important on that, I think is, which, which I learned then, is don't just drink almond milk, get one that's, you know, got the good ingredients and in. it's kind of that greenwashing to keep an eye on that. Um, and she was quite careful with uh, tried to encourage me to be mindful of that, which helped a lot. And um, so, yeah, it was the diet, it was eliminating a lot of dairy just because of the excess hormones that that brings and the inflammation that that causes the red meat, and um, reducing red meat consumption which um i did and then um gluten was the big one which we took out and i just what was great was she kind of gave me a lot of meals and ideas and i know a big thing she kept um ramping on about was keeping your glucose level stable Mm -hmm. um in your polycystic ovarian syndrome Um, and um yeah i just slowly working through that got to a point where with the herbs with the um with the uh, dietary changes it just got easier and easier to eat a bit better there was also a purpose and doing what I was doing it was to feel better and when you start noticing a difference it encourages you more and I would really notice having a glass of wine how I would feel a bit more of like an inflammatory flare up and um, a bit out of sorts so that just encouraged me to do better and there was obviously the end goal of having the baby um also, I just looked at a lot at reducing stress in my life. I was working a very, very corporate job. And um, I think it was, it, it, the cortisol was causing a lot of um, inflammation. And um, that's the great thing about holistic healing is she kind of sat with me. And it was such an amazing journey because she didn't just pop me on some meds and say all the best. She, um, said like what areas of your life you know is this career where you want to be how is it making you feel and i realized as grateful as i was to be where i was it it wasn't really where i wanted to be it wasn't what i wanted to be doing i wanted to connect more to like the nurturer inside of me and um, that's i really looked at my whole career i did my yoga teacher training and was really hard to do both at the same time but that kind of took me on the path to to trust instead of fear and i think that was my biggest lesson in in this whole journey is is to surrender to trust there was so much fear and i don't want to sugarcoat it it sounds like a great story but along the way there were so many moments where i was like is this going to work am i doing the right thing should i just have listened to the doctor and i don't think that went away until i was i was pregnant and um Yeah, so it was that kind of holistic um, healing journey. It took about six months. I got my cycle back to, I got my cycle back, which was a big thing. Never thought I would be excited to have a period, but I was so excited and started tracking my cycle and using the uh, temperature testing. I'm not sure the technical word for that. And um, kind of not testing for ovulation. We never wanted to go that route yet um, because we just wanted to, I just didn't need any more stress in my life so we just needed to kind of surrender to it and um yeah i got my cycle back and then after about six months of having a cycle we (laughs) we were ready
0: we'll get to that in a minute i think it's probably important um for you and the ladies listening just to kind of summarize that healing journey for you because the what you've been through is is very similar to the programs and the approach that we do. So let me sort of backtrack on that and explain that for you. And then we get to the the, the great bit where you, you did conceive. So the first thing you mentioned is, is the detox and to do with the liver. And that's a really important first phase in anyone looking starting to manage their PCOS. Because again, it's a syndrome and we need to look at each of these individual aspects. So cleaning out your liver because your liver and also your digestive tract, which are involved in a good cleanse. I don't necessarily like the word detox. It's more of just a cleansing and supporting your liver and digestion because they're the um, organs that excrete hormones out of your system. And if you're not excreting them properly, they recirculate. And in the case of PCOS, you're getting this recirculation of hormones. So you're getting a hormone should be used once, but either they're recirculating through the liver and the digestive system, you're getting two, three, five times that signaling effect. And that's what causes these, the ovaries to get the cysts, right? So doing that a good cleanse and detox is a really great place to start. We've actually got an eight week program that women can follow. That's free. It's a really simple one to do. And then, then you mentioned she put you onto some herbal medicines. And the first one was valerian. Now, is a really good first prescription because what that did it calmed your nervous system down there's other ones you can look at uh passion flowers another really good one that makes it maybe a little bit less uh, because valerian can make you a little bit groggy sometimes but you notice straight away that drop in and that calmness and it's just so important because the progression of pcos is stress what stress does is it then drives this this disbalance in your glucose levels and that's really an important part as you mentioned in terms of pcos and how you regulate your sugar levels so really good just to calm the nervous system first and then then she she puts you onto a herb called withania or ashwagandha now this is an adaptogen and for those ladies listening adaptogens are these amazing herbal medicines which have the ability for the body to use them but regulate itself so if For example, if you've got low progesterone, it can help to increase progesterone. If you've got high progesterone, the body will take that and then reduce it. So another word for adaptogens are balances. Now, withania is an adaptogen that works on your adrenal glands. And when you're stressed, your adrenal glands become taxed. And that's where you get elevated cortisol levels. So, and those elevated cortisol levels disrupt your sugar. So I'm not going to get it. I'm getting a little bit complex here but no no it's
1: the... it's so great because i totally was not connected to any of this and when i, I started really taking that journey of taking myself health, uh, health back into my own hands i totally geeked out on all this information i found it so and um, it's it's really empowering and and for other ladies who are listening on this journey like to start to understand how the body works and um you know if you didn't study biology and kind of understand the basics just to understand how these different things can support the different functions and that was really also the process to kind of taking my power out of the medical systems hands and 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 the healing myself and understanding. So it's amazing to understand all the, the sort of depth into the healing process and options.
0: Yeah, and it's it's really so important that, you know, it doesn't have to, you don't have to understand cortisol and glycemic index and all those kind of things. You just have to understand that stress is a powerful driver. Um, you've got to understand that what I eat is has, a, has an impact on the metabolic process in my body. But having that fundamental understanding because unfortunately many women with PCOS don't even understand the fundamentals of what I put in my mouth and what I'm eating is affecting my hormones. And most doctors don't, there's a complete disconnect there. So it's, that's the first step in any healing journey is starting to understand what's happening in my body. And and, you know, doctors, naturopaths, practitioners, they're just um, support tools. And this is for everyone listening to this, whether you have PCOS or not, your health is your responsibility. And often we give that up to doctors. But it should be the opposite. We have to, and it can sound quite cruel and harsh when I say it this way, but it's really so important that people take responsibility for their own health, understand their body, because you ha- you have this body for the rest of your life and you have PCOS for the rest of your life. And it's how do you manage that? And you can certainly live symptom-free, but having that knowledge is, is really, really super important. So well done. The third thing that she did there was the chase tree, which is a really... A beautiful herb and yes it does increase progesterone um, as a practitioner i would have been a bit more uh, using a com- more complex formula too because chastry is a great one but i like to use um, herbal medicines in more complex so that you can use five or six different herbs to bring all of the hormones up in tandem so to speak because just bringing one herb up, one hormone up sometimes by having one herb can be a little bit disruptive long term but your homeopath probably had you on other herbs as well that you didn't um that even though were in the, the formula so but but they certainly did the trick and then the b vitamins well then they're really important for help to metabolize your sugar levels and get that sugar going and going right back to when you first got your period as a young girl a lot of young girls are eating a lot of sugars and that can be a really um, predisposing factor to allow this genetic predisposition to come out as well. So so the B vitamins help there. And then the the diet is is really, really important as well, as you mentioned, and dairy, there's studies that show that dairy is a big factor in um, PCOS. Um, Gluten is another big factor as well. And um, obviously red meat as well, animal products is, they, they don't contain hormones anymore, but they contain growth promotants. Um, many commercial meats do. So that impacts that whole delicate endocrine balance as well. So going more predominantly plant-based is, is an important thing. And, you know, there's, as I said, we have a program, but they're going and seeing a good practitioner can work you through that and take you where you are. So that's a really important thing that you mentioned as well is just baby steps and yeah. then slowly working towards the ideal diet rather than trying to throw the baby out with the bathwater.
1: And I think the big thing for me, Jeff, which um, I would encourage other women to keep reflecting on as well, is to not get overwhelmed. Um, It's so much to digest and it's so much to process and you almost feel like it's impossible. And just to be super gentle on yourself in the process, it's not gonna be perfect. Um and remembering that stressing out and trying to do it perfectly um is just gonna be counterproductive so i was really just kind of followed the 80 20 rule and um, where where i would give myself a break now and then and just let that go um, but but like 80 20 80 percent of the time just focus on on doing what i do well and um, to support myself
0: and it, it, it's a journey and it's almost you can use an analogy that you're going back to university or to school. This is a subject you have to learn about and you've never been taught about it. And young women should be given classes in how to manage their hormones naturally and teaching young girls this, because again, they've got their hormones for the rest of their life. And you had to go back to school when you were 27 because you had that driving force of you wanting a baby. And anyone listening to this, this is what it's about is, you know don't think this is going to be i'm going to take a pill and everything's going to be fine this is for life and slowly start to learn what's happening in your body and that's what we do as an organization is is try and educate women of, of what's happening in their body and give them the tools to to make some changes.
1: Funny, I often look at the diagnosis or my PCOS, like you said for well, life. And in the beginning I very much saw it as a, a curse. Why has this happened to me? Why you know why like why have I got this? My mom never had it. She never got to conceive. Um and um over time now I actually look at it as one of my biggest blessings because it forced me to relook at my life. It forced me to relook at my health. It forced me to learn, like you said, go back to school so much about diets and and um, and not in a judgmental way as well. I look at some women now who maybe didn't have a hard time conceiving and I look that there's not as much awareness, they're not as conscious with how they eat, with how they feed their kids. And and like I say, not to be obsessive, follow the 80-20 rule, but I do feel like it it equipped me really well um, with knowledge on the body that I hope to, I've got a little girl, I hope to pass down to her and and to just share with people that I know the, the power that it has and so so it actually has been quite a blessing in a way
0: too yeah Yeah. and we all in life everyone has their challenges that they need to go through and this was a huge one strong you and you've come through it so let's talk a little bit about that now because that's the the redemption and the amazing thing so tell us a little bit about how you then conceived and that journey
1: yeah, absolutely. So along with the, the herbs and the diet, I also was going to a a, a super spiritual reflexologist. and obviously reflexology is super linked to um to, to just supporting the hormones and he was also a bit of like a clairvoyant and um, it, it, you know, I get a bit um woo-hoo about all this, but um that was my extra support along with like massage and um like I said, my yoga, my meditation, calming. And um after this six to 12 months when my cycle got back it reached the end of the year and we just said um we were ready to to just be open to having a baby and that was also kind of working with that reflexologist he was very much like um, when you're ready to conceive like a baby will come into this world you know in a sort of relaxed mutual space that we didn't want it to be like testing ovulation checking the day so so that was kind of our approach to it and everyone's got a different way and um, it was within the first month if if we look back that we did conceive and um, we had just moved over to to Mauritius and um, I had actually thought all the stress of moving of quitting my job of um, it was just pre-pandemic um, I thought my cycle we had gone off again. It was like, I was count 38 days, 39 days. And I thought, oh damn, here we go again. And that actually got in touch with my homeopath. I'd ordered so many meds because I had to bring it over from South Africa, like six months supply um, to boost my ovulation. I can't remember uh, there was a herb and there to boost ovulation. And um, yeah, all of that. And then I was so tired, but we'd moved to a hot island, humid December and um i remember my mom saying to me in the shop are you sure you're not pregnant and i was so offended by it because i was like we've only just started trying we'd actually saved money to to come back to, or to go back to south africa a year after um to do ivf because i you know at the back of my mind it, it just shows i'd never really let go of that fear 100 it was still there and um my husband jp went back to south africa to to finish off some work and i was kind of here and um my homeopath said to me i had a lot of breast tenderness and she said to me have you taken a test i thought that meant my cycle was coming soon i was like oh, i actually didn't want to do it because i didn't want to disappoint myself and took one and it was positive and by myself in a new island um, it was quite a crazy thing to process on your own and um, yeah i took another one that confirmed it was positive and um she was obviously so excited for me, phone phone, JP, um, and had a really smooth pregnancy, but I did have low progesterone in the beginning, a little bit of spotting, and that is also linked um, women with PCOS um, because of the, the low progesterone. I think that is quite common, so the only thing I needed was um, a bit of progesterone booster, and I, I did take the medical one, and that, that got us through. Um, but yeah, I had an amazing pregnancy, can't complain, had an amazing um, delivery and birth. And um, another thing was breastfeeding. I, I had kind of come across quite a bit of research that women with PCOS or hormonal imbalances balance is my battle to breastfeed and never realized it would be, um, be such an issue for me until I, I, I tried it and I was like, I wanted to do this. But I actually had an amazing time and um, we've had an amazing breastfeeding journey and I um, still going really well so um I think all all the hard work and I did keep a healthy eating going up in my pregnancy um the first few months with the sickness obviously was a bit easier on myself but um yeah I think all of that support with the body um really really helped and we've got our little girl um Aveline Grace she's she's 18 months now and um everything's going well and we're just so grateful to have had the amazing path we did and and i honestly give tribute to to the herbs to natural healing to medicine to to people digging a little bit deeper and what i love about it i'm rambling a bit here is that people in this sort of field they're not going to get anything from you going out to buy your organic produce but they encourage it and to me that's just the first indicator of like trust these people because it's not all in for them it's not a system to only support them like it's it's a holistic healing it's mind body soul and and even if your goal is not to have a baby um to just take back control of your life it's the most empowering thing i've done like our baby is just a representation of for me of, of the journey that that i've been on but i mean just taking your life back into your own hands changing things doing things for the better is just it's just the most incredible gift and journey that that you can go on and and i really believe anyone can do it no matter how severe your symptoms no matter how bad things look for you no matter how how awful you feel and i honestly believe there's a way out for, for everyone
0: no it's an amazing story i'll put a few things in context for our ladies listening as well there is The first one you mentioned right back there, it can be expensive, um, but particularly just in relation to IVF, you know, IVF can run into thousands and thousands of dollars. So there's that decision there in terms of, do we spend it on the naturopathic way, natural way, or do we spend it on the medical way? My advice around that is exactly what you did is, is, and always, I say this for any condition is try the natural medicines first, because If you do it in the right way, they're safe and often really, really effective. So um, that's sort of a little bit of context. Um, The second one is you had some really good structure from your practitioner, and that's really important. Um, We we actually have an online clinic with women's health specialists that could help any women that are listening here. So having the right person guiding you is is really important. And then what you did is the prep Um, and that year of work, then allowed you to conceive first time and I don't know it was a surprise but those 12 months before really set the foundation to that and for those women that are looking to conceive that they are really good timelines so don't be looking at you know I'm going to do this for three months and then looking conceiving but you know spend that time and what was really really important is that progesterone in when you first felt pregnant and that's when you have low progesterone that's the situation where many, many women miscarry and you don't need to miscarry if you have just a bit of a medical progesterone. So that's a really good tip for anyone. It just helps the pregnancy to hold. So, um, yeah, so you did the prep and then the result was this beautiful baby girl. So, uh, but you did the hard work, you learned and back to that price. Again, if you think about your practitioner as a, as a professor, as a teacher. So rather than if you'd went through IVF, as we talked before, you, you end up with, yes, maybe a child but you're not left with that knowledge you know and that's the value in choosing the right natural path is you've got that knowledge at the end of you've done that course and that you have for now the rest of your life and you can manage your hormones Until the day you
1: die, so 100%. And being postpartum now and going for my checkups, um, the obviously still breastfeeding, the estrogen is quite low, um, but I'm a lot more educated. And now I'm like, okay, well, we're ready to kind of start weaning, and we when we're ready to conceive again, if we want to conceive again, um. I kind of know the steps I need to take. I know where I need to be, I know where I need to go, I know what I need to check, and it's not so daunting. I know I've done it before and I know that um that I can do it again. So so it is, it's 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 knowledge and tools for life, which you can apply and keep applying.
0: And and hopefully out of this, the ladies that are listening to this and hopefully partners as well and, and parents is they can see from you now that it's very possible. And I can say as a practitioner, I've seen it hundreds of times with Women with PCOS, um, it can be done. You just need the right support, the right practitioner, but you also need to make that commitment to making those changes, like Brittany did. Is, is it's not just a pill option and go away and hope for the best. It's it is a lot of hard work, and it's not for everyone. Um, but if you take it in baby steps, you have the right structure, then it's it's absolutely in Brittany's situations absolutely possible. And, uh, I think Brittany so much thank you so much for sharing that story and hopefully it will inspire lots and lots of women to take back control of their hormonal health and uh, have a fantastic result like you did.
1: No thanks Jeff it's been amazing chatting to you and I really really hope that this can encourage and empower other women to to take the same path and thanks for the work you guys do because that, that supports us all too. To be better and to feel better and to to live better
0: so i hope you enjoyed this episode of my story if you've got an interesting story that you'd like to tell to empower other women to make changes in their lifestyle and manage their hormones naturally then reach out to us and we'd love to hear your story and we can have a, a chat about that if you enjoyed the episode please share it with your family and friends because the whole point of this podcast series is to talk about hormones empower other women and demystify hormonal imbalances which currently are just not being spoken about in society so please share please like and follow us and
1: we look forward to you enjoying more of this series